I'm on Bowen Island, a 20-minute ferry ride from Vancouver. And while I'm here on the West Coast, <laughs> I wanted to talk about our oceans and the waters that Canadians rely on. He adds an H to water. Not too far from here is the Port of Vancouver, which handles a large amount of Canada's trade outside a, of a North large. America. Yeah. Travel a few minutes from there, and you'll find the iconic Vancouver Seawall, the largest uninterrupted waterfront path in the world. Mm. That's not the only record we hold. Canada is home to the largest coastline in the world, mm. stretching from here in the Lower Mainland to up north and out east. Mm -hmm. Our oceans are part of who we are. So when we created the Oceans Protection Plan in 2016, we did it to protect these waters. And what waters? Imagine they had people write this and they came up with our oceans are part of who we are. The waters. He's putting an H in water. I might have to drop the whole H stick. Okay, let's just keep going. Millions of Canadians and Indigenous communities who are connected to them. But what is the ocean's protection? That was a pervy, psychotic pause. Too long. Too long. We're connected to them. But what is the ocean's protection plan doing to make that happen? To start... We're protecting habitats for precious but vulnerable species like killer whales right off this hook coast. We're making shipping safer, modernizing and expanding our Coast Guard's capacity, boosting emergency towing, improving radar coverage, and so much more. To prevent marine oh, there, incidents... There, there's this plane. There's this plane. People, I don't think I can go on much longer with this. This is the same Trudeau um, who literally just flew his private jet to Costa Rica for a two-week vacation uh, while people in Canada you know, are, are, are just stuck waiting endlessly at airports, being randomly subjected to spot COVID testing. I think, From what I understand, they've re-implemented this policy. Uh, if they're unvaccinated, minimum 14-day quarantine upon returning to their country. Or if you're a foreigner going to Canada. Look, look at these lineups. Justin Trudeau is gallivanting across the world. Come up here, please. While he flies his private jet to Costa Rica, no mask. I doesn't have any experience in Ah, people. Uh, if it weren't for double standards, they'd have no standards at all. Flying around private jets. But he has to, don't you see? Because uh, it's the way to get the message out. He's the celebrity promoting the message of the good, even if the way in which he promotes it is exactly counterproductive uh, according to that which he's promoting as the measures for the good. He deserves it. He's entitled to vacation time. He's entitled to whisk out of the country on a private jet while telling everyone to reduce their carbon footprint. But he needs to because he doesn't have a choice. He's a special individual and there are special rules for the king flying off to the Bowen Islands in British Columbia to lecture us on the importance of the environment by doing exactly that which he's telling everyone else in the world not to do, crippling us, crippling our economy, uh, indebting in a, a generation, if not more. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but but oh, I I um, I also 
didn't show the the classic response. I, I you know he ha- he had a nice ten. It looks like the Costa Rican sun was good uh, to him. Except, um, oh man, he has indeed been a few shades darker uh, at some point in his life. People, who would have ever thunk that a day would consist of documenting the lies, documenting uh, the Orwellian memory holding of information as it comes through in real time. And that is what the world needs at this particular juncture of history. Where do we even start? Uh, We're going to talk about how anti-Semitic it is to attack Soros. And all that that entails, identity politics to put, I won't say the most influential people, but the people who are certainly having probably the largest social impact through their policies, through the policies they espouse and finance, putting them off limits to critique because the left, the left, the political left, the tolerant, uh, you know, anti-fascist left, uh, when they look at Soros, apparently all they see is a Jew. So that when you criticize Soros, their Borat brains go off and you're just criticizing a Jew. You're not criticizing Soros as an individual for actual policy. You are criticizing Soros reduced to the Jew. That's the only way the political left sees Soros and sees any attack on Soros. We're going to get there because it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. The confession through projection, the seeing in others what they either feel to be true of themselves or is true of themselves. We'll get there. CBS uh, apparently having to issue a, an erratum because it seems they might have told the truth. And some people didn't like the truth. And but for the fact that I happened to save that video to share it in our locals community, vivabarnslaw.locals.com, to show the degree to which Barnes and all dare say by extension me were ahead of the curve, I may not be the smartest man in the room, but I do pride myself on hanging around with the people who I consider to be the smartest people in the room. I I saved the video just to share it on Locals and say, look at this. Barnes was ahead of the curve yet again. CBS has to delete a tweet, correct it. And if no one had seen the original tweet, I mean, people know about the Wayback Machine and this and that. Uh, I mean, and there's that. People look at Soros and because he is of Jewish heritage, arguably does not live by any maxims of Jewish faith and Jewish culture. We had to do that. And speaking of ultra viva, where is that? (laughs) I'm not the smartest. I know that I'm not the smartest. I just have certain critical skills that I think uh, allow me to pretend, to feign being smart. Um, The left in addition, I say the political left because I don't believe in this dichotomy of left versus right. I'm going to characterize it as people who think critically and people who think emotionally. The emotional thought people cannot meme, and they tend to be Biden, not supporters, but on the Biden team. And the Biden team has thought it's strategically advantageous to try to own the right, the Republicans, with the meme. They are embracing dark Brandon. 
Okay, we'll get we'll get to all of that. And then some, and then some more. I've got my bookmarks of uh, let me see what I got in the backdrop here. Uh, and then and then maybe we'll touch, we'll, we'll gloss over the Gabby Petito family suing uh, the Utah police or sending a notice of claim and there's a procedure to follow. We'll get to that. But first, people, with that intro being said, standard disclaimers, no medical advice, no election fornification advice, no legal advice. Of course, how can I forget that? Uh, super chats, if anyone is so inclined, be advised. YouTube takes 30% of all super chats. If you do not like that because you don't like supporting uh, YouTube, we are or should be simultaneously streaming on the Rumbles, which we are looking here now, and we're looking good. We're lives on the Rumbles. Nice. Okay, and then I'm going to go to the chat, make sure we're all good there. Uh, so you can support on Locals if you want to. The best way to support is either with merch, who, what, when, why, where, on vivafry.com, Locals, vivabarneslaw.locals.com, and... Um, and that's it. Okay. Also, if I don't bring up your super chat and you're going to be angry or miffed or feel grifted, whatever, shilled, don't give the super chat. I don't like people feeling shilled or grifted. And everyone should also know, you cannot reimburse a super chat. I contacted YouTube about this. You cannot reimburse a super chat. So once upon a time, someone accidentally super chatted an extra zero to what they wanted to super chat. And I personally reimburse them through PayPal because you cannot reimburse a super chat if it's an accident typo, nor can you re reimburse a super chat if it comes from someone who you don't want to take a super chat from. Very weird. Oh, I was reading. Uh... I I I'm going to bring up Hallelujah because I genuinely believe that Hallelujah is... Um... Well, I'll see. We'll see. Free legal advice. Don't hire a lawyer that stores years of your cell phone data on a server connected to the internet. Was Barnes a useful idiot or in on it? Hmm. Uh, I genuinely think Hallelujah is a satirical troll. Uh, genuinely, because some of the, I mean, you'll, you'll read uh, talking about Ford winning an election. I genuinely think Hallelujah is uh, a type of parody account a la plebs. Uh, as opposed to a genuine troll, but I'm not sure which is which anymore. And I've got to also, I've got to get a little better on, there's the expression, don't feed the trolls. I am stubborn in that I still want to have discourse with people who express a diverging opinion. To the extent that it's legitimate, sincere, I want to engage. And then the problem is, I realize I get duped and it's not genuine. It's not sincere. It is to distract it is to waste time. It is to waste emotional energy, intellectual energy. And then I feel stupid because I have been engaging with a bona fide troll. People who use my guy in a insulting manner, not, it's not a hard, fast rule. That's when I tend to know I might not be navigating in the realm of sincere discourse. I try. And I think I have to make a little bit uh, a harder rule to not engage with what I think are bona fide trolls, but I sometimes have to use a troll message to get another message out to the public, and we'll get to that later. Corn pop, Viva, can I get my money back? No, you cannot, porn pop, porn pop, corn pop, or popcorn, or as they like to say in the industry, uh, cop porn. Uh, Gabby Petito, wrongful death with was worth same as Alex Jones, mean words, lol. Uh, setting aside, well, we'll get there because, you know, the, the issue is going to be whether or not she has a, a chance at a claim for wrongful death against the Utah police for not having intervened when 
they're going to allege they ought to have intervened. But put that in perspective, people. Um, a, a woman killed by her boyfriend after they were stopped by the police in what looked like a very fishy stop to begin with. 50 million. Punitive damages for having said some stupid things, 45 million, which will be reduced to 750,000. But in the mind of a Austin jury pool, it's worth $45 million, whereas the actual death of a woman at the hands of her boyfriend after a stop by police, 50 million. So yeah, I mean, point, point well taken. <laughs> Thank you, Corn Pop. All right, enough with the intros. And by the way, I'm having a cold brew. I've discovered cold brew. Hashtag not an ad, but it's very good. Okay, what do we start with? What do we start with? Let's start with Soros. I need to make sure I get the right clip because there's two of them. Yeah, here we go. It's this guy. I love, you just see people say stupid things on the internet and they don't even know how stupid they are. They say stupid things which reveal more about them than the people they think they're dunking on. Uh, I don't know who Adam Davidson is. Or I should say, I didn't know who he was until last night. Oh, and by the way, don't tweet before going to bed. It kind of interrupts your sleep pattern or makes it hard to fall asleep. Adam Davidson, sharing the lessons I've learned from This American Life, New Yorker, Planet Money, how to make storytelling your superpower. Okay, fine. I saw the tweet and I thought it might be a troll. It's commenting on this video by Marco Rubio. Little Marco. Was it lying Marco? No, it's lying Ted, Little Marco. Marco Rubio, this is the video clip he shared. Let's listen to this. I don't think I need to tell anybody here. Our work is at its best when it's focused on what people care about. Let me tell you what people care about. They don't, they don't care as much about buying solar panels and electric cars as they do not having to live in a community where violent crime is rampant and you've got some crazy prosecutor that refuses to put people in jail, that refuses to prosecute entire categories of crime. People are worried about that, and rightfully so, and it's happening. We have these beautiful cities that were once world-class cities that have become unlivable all over this country. I'm going to just pause it here for one second just to get, up, get off my chest my disdain for politicians in the political process. I, I, I agree with the message that Rubio is saying here. I, I don't know how anyone can disagree with it. I, I, I love driving the country. I love talking to everyone who will talk to me. I don't like making people feel uncomfortable. And I don't like conducting, you know, like live interviews with people who might not want to talk to the world. I love talking to people. And Marco Rubio's not wrong. He's right. To anyone who doesn't live in the proverbial ivory tower or in a gated community who doesn't understand what real people I shouldn't say real people. What everyday people who don't live with certain luxuries live with and live through. Rubio's right. I cannot stand the fact that even Rubio, I won't say a career politician, but living in the tower, the protection of political life, guaranteed salary, the biggest monuments erected to man as though man were a new God. Government erects monuments to themselves the way the church erected monuments to God back in the day. Synagogues, all religious institutions. They're beautiful monuments. Structurally, architecturally, historically important, beautiful monuments. But you bear in mind that they were building, you know, 
places of worship to reach the heavens while the peasants were paying their tithes and, and, and living in poverty. Government is no different. Fancy suits, beautiful buildings. They treat themselves like gods. They have all the amenities in the world. They have all the privileges, by the way. I'll call it a privilege, political privilege, because once you get in that class, they make sure to protect those privileges, make sure they have it. Don't so much care for other people not having it while they feign feign, uh, attempts to better the lives of those around them while they don't actually do anything but complicate the lives of those around them or those they're governing while reaping all of the benefits that come with political privilege. So with that said, I agree with Rubio's message, but I, I get irritated looking at this beautiful copper brass patterns on the doors, beautiful buildings. They're, 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 the, they're the modern God and they erect monuments to themselves as though they consider themselves to be the modern God. Because we have these lunatic prosecutors that have decided they're not going to, the entire categories of crime they will not prosecute. He's right. That's the kind of stuff we should be working on here tonight. All night long. You're going to spend all night working on something. Work on that. Don't waste time on stuff that doesn't matter to real people working every single day who are not going to be driving an electric car next year or the year after that. They won't be, but politicians will if they don't have their private drivers driving them around. And when they don't have their private drivers, they, you know, get busted for DUI. But they might get mugged. But they might be a victim of a violent crime. And so what this does is it sends to the Judiciary Committee and asks them, in three days, come back with some ideas about how you can spend just a little bit of these billions of dollars that we're throwing away on this garbage, how we can spend a little bit of that money to put criminals in jail so Americans no longer have to live in fear in their communities. I don't think I need to tell him. So we, we heard what he said. You all heard what he said. Put criminals in jail. In that particular clip, no mention of anyone by name, although I appreciate that he did specifically mention one George Soros at a later point or a previous point. Fine. Okay. Can anyone disagree with that? Can anyone disagree with the fact, I don't know, what did they just announce today? Another billion dollars to Ukraine? Was it more than that? No, it's another billion dollars to Ukraine. So Ukraine can protect its borders from Russia so that Ukrainians can get armed and protect themselves. Whereas open borders to the South they're not finishing the wall, but they're patching it up because it's probably, as a policy, proven to be too much of a problem even for them. But finance to the tune of billions of dollars, the protection of the borders of foreign nations while leaving your own vulnerable and then berating anyone as an anti-immigrant bigot xenophobe who says we should have border walls here, especially if we're spending billions for a foreign nation to protect its own national sovereignty. Nobody can disagree with that. Crime up the wazoo in big cities. People fleeing to the extent that they can. And the government uh, is finding way, or what, what are they calling it now? The Inflation Reduction Act. It's amazing. All you have to do is enact a, a law. Call it something. Uh, who knows what, what do they call it? Pork fats inside of it? Whatever. He's not wrong. What is the response to this tweet from one Adam Davidson. Bear in mind, from that clip, no one mentioned Soros, although I will grant that Rubio mentioned Soros, and for good darn reason, because Soros is pretty explicit about what he's doing, why he's doing it. But we'll get there. So Adam Davidson, 
I spent so much time dunking on James S. I don't know who that is for suggesting this isn't overtly anti-Semitic. This. Dude. It, okay, we'll get there. That I forgot to mention how obviously racist it is too. This is full replacement theory. Interesting. It's hearing a lot of things that I don't think anybody heard in here. Jews spending money. Oh, I, I didn't hear that in this clip. Maybe you're listening to something else there, Davidson. So black and brown people can rob whites. It's all there, clear as day. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be uh, glib or facetious. I thought this was a satirical tweet. I thought it was making fun of someone who looked at that, that message from Rubio and would claim it's overt anti-Semitism, overt racism. Jews, this is what, spoiler alert, by the way, he's not being satirical. So I had to make sure before I, I called him out because I don't want to call out somebody and accuse them of being serious when it's satirical. But I do also say, if your satire is actually indistinguishable from reality, you have to do a better job making sure it's not misunderstood, which is why I don't like April Fool's jokes from news agencies. I don't like April Fool's jokes in general. Um, if your satire is that close to the line and you don't specify it and it does get misunderstood, the onus is on you to some extent. But setting that aside, I had to go through Adam Davidson's timeline to make sure that this wasn't satire because he's serious. This is full replacement theory. From that clip of Rubio, that's what he tweeted. Jews spending money so black and brown people can rob whites. Rubio, last I checked, is, is I believe Rubio's Cuban, right? I, I think Rubio's Cuban. He's not what most people would call white. Setting that aside, imagine this, this racist individual. He's an anti-Semite and a racist. And if calling Soros, sorry, if criticizing Soros makes someone an anti-Semite because Soros happens to be Jewish... Does not criticizing Rubio make that person racist if Rubio is cute? I just I should double check now. I think he's Cuban. Chat, let me know if let me know if um Rubio's Jewish. <laughs> not, not Rubio's Jewish. Is Rubio is Rubio uh Cuban? Doesn't matter. The idea of if you criticize Soros, you're an anti-Semite because Soros is Jewish. But this white dude, by the way, because he's he's pretty white based on his avatar, criticizing Rubio is not racist for criticizing Rubio, who happens to be Cuban. I thought it was a joke. But bear in mind, by the way, what we just heard. Rubio talked about criminals. I didn't hear him mention race whatsoever. In this clip, I didn't hear him talk about Soros, but I know that he was referencing Soros because Soros is financing the election of district attorneys and judges across the country. It's not conspiracy theory, and there's nothing wrong with specifying it. Soros is politically involved, he's politically motivated, he's ideologically driven, and he's, I mean, wealthy is not the word. He's a multi-billionaire, he can do it. He can do it, and he can waste the money, and he can feel good doing it, because that's his vision of the world. I mean, to, tell, to, to deny that makes you an idiot. I, I, you may think someone's anti-Semitic for pointing out that Soros is doing what Soros is writing op-eds about Soros doing. But he's doing it, and it's out there. Nowhere in here did uh, Rubio talk about anyone being Jewish. In fact, even when he refers to Soros, I don't think he talks about Soros, the Jew. This guy, Adam Davidson, hears Soros and criminals, and he thinks Jews and colored brown and black people. And I had to 
point out as much. You know what's racist, Adam Davidson, when Marco Rubio says criminal and you immediately think of brown or black people. These people don't understand. They're not, they're judging other people. He's a white Cuban. Uh, they're judging other people through their own mental framework and it comes through. But the idea, the idea that anybody says it's anti-Semitic to criticize George Soros, let that sink in for a second as to what that means in the mind of the person who says it. When you say Soros, they hear Jew. That's what it says. Oh, you're not, you're not criticizing Soros because of bona fide policies that he actually implements. You're criticizing Soros because when I look at that guy, I think Jew. Who's the anti-Semite exactly? And you know what's also arguably anti-Semitic or arguably discriminatory? Thinking that you can't treat someone equally because of their race or religion. Sor First of all, by the way, call me stupider than anything you've ever known. Once upon a time, I didn't know Soros was Jewish. And, and, but, and Jewish. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know when I learned it, but this was not even, I didn't even know the name Soros, you know, until adolescenthood. <laughs> don't, don't attack Harvey Weinstein. That, that would make you anti-Semitic as well. Don't attack the Anthony Weiner for what he had on his computer because that would make you anti-Semitic. The idea that you either attack or protect someone based on, and protect, it's not protecting in any meaningful sense. It's, 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 it's disingenuous protection. That you think someone cannot be treated as an equal because of who they are, that's discrimination. Uh, <laughs> and the idea that Soros isn't doing what everybody knows he's doing let me, let me just, let's just pull up one article just to, ju just to talk about it. Uh, I guess we'll share this and I'll come back to this one afterwards. Here. Soros op-ed. Let me, let's just see. Let's get, this is Wall Street Journal. George Soros gets criminal justice all wrong. No crime and no punishment was a pleasant daydream, but the results speak for themselves. George Soros looks like uh, Emperor Palpatine. I think that's what it is. I, I don't, uh, Emperor Palpatine. I just saw the picture once. I mean, it's not nice. Okay, forget that. Uh, it doesn't help that George Soros doesn't look like a, a, a friendly individual, but I think that's only because people understand what he's up to. You know, like he could have been the, the jolly old grandfather and that very same image would have a totally different meaning depending on what he actually does in life. George Soros Op-ed. Where is it? <laughs> uh, he writes political op-ed. Here's George Soros. Why I support reform prosecutors. People. Th this is, he writes it. He writes it. He tells you what he's doing. And then the second anybody criticizes him for what he tells you that he's doing and for what he's actually doing, they come out and say that you're anti-Semitic because you're criticizing somebody who happens to be Jewish, which means in the ears of that person who hears dog whistles everywhere, they hear George Soros, they hear in that Borat accent in their head, a Jew, you'll criticize Soros, he's a Jew. Uh, now, a lot of people have legitimate gripes with George Soros. Uh, for example, exactly what he's trying to do to influence the prosecutorial process, the justice system. A lot of people have problems with that. A lot of people have problems with his history and 
fault him for as a 13-year-old boy collaborating with, uh, working with the Yahtzees in the context of World War II, the Holocaust, to uh, assist them in their wrongdoings. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sympathetic or p- condoning of it. I'm not, I don't think it's, it's a very difficult thing to think. What would a 13-year-old kid do in such times under such circumstances in order to survive? Some people said um, he reveled in it. He did seem to have fondish memories of his role assisting the Yahtzees and doing the work of the Yahtzees during the Holocaust. Um, That's a judgment call as to how you would judge a child for conducting themselves under such, you know, inconceivable circumstances. But I found something which is just, just fantastic. A fact check on George Soros. I wonder who, I wonder who paid for this fact check, who financed this fact check. The fact that George Soros cannot condemn his behavior at 13 is telling to me, you know, I don't think it would be a question of him as an adult condemning what he did as a child to survive under those circumstances. Whether or not he should say, I feel shame about it, um, feel guilt about it. It's the indifference that, you know, the indifference in retrospect, you know, it, it, it was the times we did what we had to do to survive uh, I would imagine if you do inhumane things to survive, while you might not judge yourself for doing it at the time, you would feel a lifetime of regret and maybe even a little shame. And if you don't, and you've shut off that emotional part of your brain, that might be telling and that might explain you know, a few things for behavior going into adulthood. So, I, I, anyhow, but that's, that's, again, these are, I won't say judgment calls. These are... Uh, people who have the good fortune of not having to ever experience such things, judging someone else's behavior under inconceivable circumstances. What would I have done? Oh, I would have told the Yahtzees to screw off and I would have done it and I would have let myself be lined up and executed. I don't know. But listen to this. Fact check false claims about George Soros. It's beautiful. Update September 23, 2020. Further details have been added to paragraph six of this article so that it covers Soros' descriptions of his time in hiding as a teenager. Hmm. Here's a problem. Uh, He wasn't only hiding as a teenager, but we'll get that. But this this is a fact check now that's already right off the bat telling you that Soros was hiding and not collaborating. Um, Soros is not a former Yahtzee. Listen to this. Reuters debunked a false claim that a photograph shows a young Soros in a Yahtzee uniform. Let's just see this. This is, this is, we're going we're gonna to learn in real time because I don't think I saw this. Uh, we're not going to see it. Okay, let's back up here. It doesn't matter. Uh, during the time Yahtzees were active, Soros would not have met the age requirement to be in the shoots. Nobody said he was in the shoots baffle. They said there was a picture of him potentially wearing a uniform. Soros and his family were Hungarian Jews who lived in Budapest during the war, disguising their identities for safety. In 1947, at the age of 17, Soros moved to London. Okay. Um, Have we debunked the claim that there was a picture of him wearing a uniform? By the time he was 17, the fall of the Yahtzees had already happened. Soros could not possibly have been involved in the Yahtzee party, which was active. Oh, really? He is also Hungarian Jew, further disproving the theory. Nothing here responds to the substantive allegation that there was a picture of Soros 
in a Yahtzee uniform. Now, I can't spell it like that. Just see this, people. Mm-hmm. Well, it would seem the picture is inaccurate. Now I have to go. Now I have to go do a double check because I know I know what I think when I read the fact checks. But this entire fact check, as of now, by the way, uh, has no substantive debunking or even recognition of what Soros did, in fact, do, which was actively collaborate at the age of thirteen for survival, uh, because he couldn't have been part of the Yahtzees because he was only thirteen at the time. And he was Jewish, so obviously he couldn't have been. Okay. By the time the fall of the answer, he could not possibly, yeah, we got, we did there. In a 1998-60 Minutes interview, Soros says his father forged his family's identity to protect him. Soros, as a teenager, was placed under the custody of a government official with the premise of being his godson. During this time, Soros witnessed, but did not actively participate in the confiscation of Jewish property. In the interview, Soros says he doesn't feel guilt looking back at these offense, mentioning that he was a child at the time and that he was a, quote, spectator, end quote, to something that would have happened regardless of his presence. That is, that is somewhat telling, but this entire debunking of the claim on the basis that he says he didn't participate in, he was a spectator, uh, he, he witnessed the confiscation, but he didn't actually partake in it. And I'm not a thousand percent certain that that's actually even accurate from the interview because I remember watching that interview. Okay. Swore, Soros never swore to destroy the USA. Reuters found no evidence of Soros ever saying this. Other fact checkers have also debunked this specific quote. An older version of the quote attributes it to a Newsweek interview, but there is no evidence Soros said this in their archive. One article quotes Steve, by the way, ne- as we're going to see going forward, it was much easier to memory hold things back in the day in the same way they're attempting to memory hold things today, a la CBS interview, which we're going to get to, the CBS uh, expose on Ukraine. Can you imagine how much easier it was to scrub uh, archives before the internet, before the democratization of information? One article quotes Steve Bannon comparing politics to war, saying they... This article also states that, according to Bannon, Soros threatened to destroy him personally. Oh. These are are wonderfully in-depth fact checks. These fact checks are so lame and unsubstantiated. Uh, It's... The claim is here. Uh, We looked and we couldn't find anything except for first-hand testimony from... Bannon, take him at his word or don't, who says that Soros threatened to destroy him. Not America, but him. Soros does not own Antifa because Antifa is just an idea. Nobody can own an idea. And Black Lives Matter. Listen to this. Listen to this. George Soros does not own Antifa or Black Lives Matter. A spokesperson for Open Society Foundations told Reuters via email, we proudly support organizations that promote civil engagement. Civil, one man's civil engagement is another man's summer of violent protest and championed the right of all Americans to petition their government for redress of grievances, unless you're a Republican uh, protesting on the Capitol Hill. Those protesting the death of Mr. Floyd and police brutality across the nation do so out of a deep and abiding concern for our country. They don't do so for pay from these foundations or any other, as some cynics claim. They don't do it for pay. 
But do they get paid? These organizations, even a not-for-profit, get pay, people get paid. Community organizers get paid. They don't do so for pay from these foundations or any others. But do they get paid? Do they get remuneration? Do they get compensation? I don't think we're going to get an answer to that. Oh, and then, and then we get it. Black Lives Matter, it's a largely horizontal grassroots global organization. Do they finance, subsidize any activity, any individual? Do they raise funds for bail? Do they donate funds for bail? Do they donate funds to uh, the election platform campaigns of uh, DAs who are proudly pro-Black Lives Matter? This is, this is legal talk. This is legalese, weasel talk. I hope that's not anti-Semitic. I'm, I'm accusing Soros of and his entities of engaging in weasel talk. Let's, 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 let's wait for people to accuse me of anti-Semitism. The co-founders recently told the New York Times that Black Lives Matter has always been somewhat decentralized, good, and operates in a horizontal manner. Thanks. They, they also operate in a uh, multi-million dollar mansion acquisition manner, but set that aside. We have always said the power goes on in the local chapter because they know what's going on. Do you finance or subsidize any activity in those local chapters. We won't get an answer. Oh, the organizer recently set up a $12 million grant. <laughs> the, the organization recently set up a $12 million grant to help organizations fighting institutional racism after an upsurge in donations amid the current protests. Beyonce and Prince are among the celebrities who have donated to Black Lives Matter in previous years. Open Society Foundations donates to groups worldwide. They tell you the truth. They tell you the truth. See if we can find it here. No. They tell you the truth, but you have to look for it. They donate to organizations. 3,200 grants awarded to organization and individuals in 2021. $190 million active impact investments as of January. Hmm. Every year, the Open Society Foundations give thousands of grants to groups and individuals that work on the issues we care about. So they do. They don't own them. They don't own them, though. Nobody owns uh, Black Lives Matter because it's a sort of a multifaceted, horizontal, grassroots entity. Not susceptible of ownership, but it sure as hell is susceptible of financing. And they sure as hell finance it. So they don't own it. They don't own it. Technically, it's true. I just saw a new member join the house here. Hold on a second. What's worse, Soros or Klaus Schwab? Klaus Schwab, I think. No, I think Soros has a, has a bigger impact at a local national level, at least in the United States. Schwab has a larger uh, international influence. After having penetrated the cabinet of Canada, penetrated more than half of the cabinet of Canada, uh, there was a new member that I wanted to say hi to, Kathy McCullough Miller. Kathy McCullough's Miller. Hold on. We're not going anywhere until we say hi to the new member of the Viva Fry YouTube community. I'm schwitzing under this shirt, which you can't see. There it is. No, that's not it. That's another super chat. Soros hides behind his religion to avoid legitimate criticism of his actions. Shameful. Well, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to come to Soros's defense right now. I am going to say I don't think Soros invokes his religion to shield him from protection. His allies do. I've never heard Soros actually talk about uh, I don't think I've ever heard Soros talk about Judaism. I'm not saying that he hasn't. I haven't heard all the interviews. But Soros doesn't hide behind his religion. His allies, his, his protectors hide him behind religion to shield him from legitimate criticism. Am I not going to find? Oh, there we go. 
Kathy McCullers Miller, welcome to the channel. I have been bad on the perks that I offer to YouTube members, which are sneak peeks and some exclusive posts. Um, so my apologies, but thank you for joining. Thank you all for the support. Yeah, but which groups? Somebody in the chat wants to know. Which groups? He doesn't own them. He doesn't own them. He just finances them. Uh, all right. Good, good, good. The organ Yeah, yeah, we got that. Okay. So Antifa, short for anti-fascist. It's an amorphous movement whose adherents oppose people or groups they consider authoritarian or racist, often using aggressive tactics, according to the Anti-Defamation League, which monitors extremists. Horizontal in nature and largely lacking official organization, it is unclear how Antifa is funded, if at all. That's what audits could be for. Soros did not pay protesters after Trump's election. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Following Trump's 2016 election win, some far-right claims suggested actors, including Soros, funded. Actors, including Soros, funded the Not My President protest. Open Society Foundations denied paying these protesters in any way. Okay. Soros has been mistakenly accused of sponsoring protests after Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court appointment and protests against racism in Ferguson, Missouri. Open Society Foundations recently explained in a tweet, we do not pay protesters. Neither does our founder, George Soros. Claims that we do serve, claims that we do serve to delegitimize those who are exercising their constitutionally protected right to protest peacefully and petition their government for redress of grievances. Uh, do you compensate protesters? Do you pay for travel for protesters? Is there any form of what would be potentially a taxable benefit procured to protesters who want to go protest? You don't pay protesters uh, salary. Is there any remuneration compensation of any nature whatsoever? Uh, do you bust people in? Because I smell fluff talk. Conspiracy theories, George Sor Conspiracy theories about George Soros visible in this post are unfounded. <laughs> That's the verdict, people. This article is It's unfounded. It's unfounded. Let's just go back to georgesoros.com. This? Yeah, I believe it was this, right? Why I support reform prosecutors in defense of open society. George Soros, universally well-known for philanthropy, yada, 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 has been under sustained attack from the far-right nationalists and anti-Semites. I take it back. He, he did it. He did it. I take it back. My mistake. In the United States and around the world because of his commitment to open society and liberal democracy. In this brilliant and spirited book... <laughs> Can you imagine the pretentiousness? Soros brings together a vital collection of his writings, some never previously published. Let me just go barf in the corner for a bit. Uh, let's just let's just check this one out. I'm concerned about crime. One of the government's most important roles is to ensure public safety. I've been involved in efforts to reform criminal justice system for more than 30 years. I have been for more than 30 for the more than 30 years. I have been a philanthropist. Yet our system is rife with injustice that make us all less safe. The idea that we need to choose between justice and safety is false. We need to acknowledge that black people in the U.S. are five times as likely to be sent to jail as white people. We spend $81 billion keeping around 2 million people in prisons. I, I can agree with some of this. Let's, let's, reduce, let's uh, release the marijuana um, people... people imprisoned for nonviolent, petty marijuana offenses. Uh, but let's just see here. 
Some this agenda aiming at both. Hold on, hold on, hold on. In recent years, reform-minded prosecutors and other law enforcement officials around the country have been coalescing around an agenda that premises that promises to be more effective and just. This agenda includes prioritizing the resources of the criminal justice system to protect people against violent crime. It urges that we treat drug addiction as a disease, not a crime, and it seeks to to end the criminalization of poverty and mental illness. This agenda, aiming at both safety and justice, is based on common sense and evidence. It's popular, it's effective. The goal is not defunding the police, but restoring trust between the police and the police, a partnership that fosters solving of crimes. This is why I have supported the election and more recently the re-election of prosecutors who support reform. I have done it transparently and I have no intention of stopping. He is telling you what he's doing and we sort of seem to have fact checkers saying he's not doing what he's telling you he's doing. I supported the election and more recently the re-election of prosecutors who support reform. So when people like Rubio come out and say George Soros is interfering, he'll call it interfering, is trying to influence the justice system. It's not anti-Semitic, first of all, because it's not anti-Semitic, and it's certainly not anti-Semitic because it's true, and Soros says it himself. I have done it transparently. I have no intention of stopping. The funds I provide enable sensible, reform-minded candidates to receive a hearing from the public. Judging by the results, the public likes what it's hearing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. I'm having an influence. You're seeing the results, and he thinks the public likes it. So the Kim Gardner's, was it not the Kim Gardner? Sorry, the other one there. Oh, the Missouri. Who was the Missouri? I'll get it in a second. He does it. He admits it. It's effective. And you're an anti-Semite if you, if you call him out and criticize him for doing what he tells you he's doing. It's, a, it's an upside down world, people. They funnel the money through proxy NGOs that fund the groups that recruit and pay protesters. That way they can say they don't pay them. Sure, or, or they just, they're not paying them. They're just compensating them. Food, board, travel. Yep, it's not, it's not like I'm not paying them. They're not an employee. I don't pay deductions at source. I'm just compensating them for lost time, for room and board for travel, for in inconveniences. It's not pay. It's not pay. So um, what was that guy's name? Adamson, Scott Adamson. If you hear Rubio say criminal and you think black and brown person, you're the racist. If you hear Rubio say Soros and you hear a Jew, you're the anti-Semite. And spoiler alert, what's his name? What was that guy's name? Adam... Davidson. Uh, spoiler alert, he's doing it. He's admitted to it. Maybe you should just go read georgesoros.com for yourself. He does it. He's good at it. He has no intention of stopping and it's yielding results. Results that the entire world, I mean, not the entire world, all of America can see. <sighs> okay. Glad I got that off my chest. Anyone who tells you that you can't criticize someone because of their race, religion, or creed does not view that person as an equal or even as an autonomous being. They view them as a reduction to identity politics, race, religion, or creed, and that is racism. That is bigotry. 
All right. Uh, was there anything else with the George Soros? No, I don't think so. Uh, except to say, by the way, that the same tactic, if it hasn't been used already, if it hasn't been used already, it's just a matter of time before they use it on any critique of uh, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, look, if I, 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 it's, 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 a. am not on the fence. Politicians who have bad policy, who have policy that hurt people or that people think hurts them. Uh, th there is only one way to express your discontent with a politician. Or there's, a, I say there's maybe a few ways. You can write a letter. You can write an email. You can make a video. You can rail against the world through your computer. Or you can go to a rally and heckle them and let them know that you don't like what they're doing. Nonviolent, peaceful heckling. You know, when, you, when you're in a, when you're in a stand-up comedy club and the comedian sucks, or the comedian is crossing a line of not funny to just mean, they get heckled. That's how a comedian knows they suck. How does a politician know that they suck? How does a politician get made aware of the fact that they are actually hurting the people they're supposed to represent? Peaceful, nonviolent heckling is to be expected. But how long is it going to be until this type of peaceful, nonviolent heckling, even if it's in your face and loud, uh, is going to be deemed to be homophobic. I mean, because if criticizing Soros for policy that he admits he's doing is anti-Semitic, well, everybody can be reduced to a token. Every human can be reduced to a token. So can't criticize Pete Buttigieg because he happens to be gay and it would make you homophobic to heckle Pete Buttigieg. So you have to love him. You have to love his policy. And even if you don't love his policy and you hate his policy, you have to shut up about it. Because if you criticize him, heckle him, express your disdain for his policies, or even him as a politician, it has to be only because he's gay and not because his policy sucks. So it's, 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 it's the tactic, by the way, already being employed in Canada. Justin Trudeau, except when he does it, criticize Jugmeet Singh, you've got to be a bigot. Criticize Christian Freeland, you've got to be a misogynist. Criticize, uh, can't think of anybody else right now. Anybody who criticizes them, uh, default reflex, it's bigotry, some form of ism, because that's how you discredit an individual without actually having to address their beliefs, without actually having to address the substance of their views. Uh, but then again, when they want to go out and attack you, every, you're, everyone else is the racist and the bigot. Uh, yeah, so Beto, I mean, I, it seems to be a text, a thing in Texas in particular. Where's, yeah, because I think Beto, no, not O'Rourke. Hold on, that was not Beto. I made a mistake on all of this. Was that Beto O'Rourke or Pete Buttigieg? Well, I might have to go do an erratum to a tweet. Anyhow. Hold on, was, I, was that tweet... 
Beto O'Rourke or Pete Buttigieg? Hold on one second. Now I think I'm losing my mind. Give me a second, people, to go fact check myself. That was Beto. <laughs> well, I'm an idiot. I'm going to have to go correct. I'm going to have to go issue a, a, a correction on my tweet. Let me see what the chat. Am I getting made fun of here? <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Uh, so there's that. Reduce, reduce everything to identity politics. It shields anyone from criticism and it allows uh, anyone so criticized to demonize anybody who criticizes them. Okay, what's this right here? Boom shakalaka. How many people here today were in the chat last night? How many of you immediately checked to see if you had a bear in the cave? I Did I have a booger in my... I didn't go back to watch because I'm too embarrassed to even go back and see. I check and I'm so neurotic about all of this. And I still can't figure out... Next time you call yourself an idiot, I'm going to demand a full refund of all my super chats. Can't do it, Steve. But... I still can't figure out if it was a troll or if I actually had a booger in my nose last night. I haven't seen any memes yet. Not that I'm, not that I'm uh, looking for it. Viva eight. <laughs> I still, I, I will choose to believe it was a troll and that I did not have boogers because I am, I'm a, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a perfect human. I never have boogers. I don't have bad breath. I don't have gas. I smell like roses all the time. Please help save the troops and understand the reason for religious objection to subversive. Okay. Yeah. Understanding unites the exemption at lighteternal.org. If I'm smiling, it's only at um, there was no booger and ate at LMAO. Okay. I did not have a booger. Dude, I, I couldn't fall asleep last night. I couldn't fall asleep for other reasons, but um, yeah, that, that, the, 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 the <laughs> The fear of the booger didn't hurt. Uh, the fear of the booger did not help. <sighs> okay. Let's move on here. We're going to get rid of this just to get rid of this. And I'm going to go back. The next story, people. The, the big one. The big one of the day. Before we get there. I, I've never understood how anybody. Someone just said booger's yummy. I do not understand I say it without judgment because people have bizarre compulsions. I cannot understand how anybody eats their own booger. I know it sounds like a probably a, a, an intuitive thing. How can anyone eat their own booger? I, I, I can. I everyone has bizarre compulsions. People eat their own hairs. It's called trichotillomania with consumption disorder. Uh, the boogers, I, 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 I can eat. People eat paper. People eat bizarre things. Eating your boogers. Kids do it. Don't understand. Okay, now I've realized. I don't know if I've missed any rumble rants, but I haven't been able to see them because my phone has been logged out of my account. Oh, man. Okay. Let's get to the big one before we have to cover some small, stupid stuff. CBS. Back in the day, people, how much easier was it to memory hole broadcasts public you imagine back in the day 60 minutes would run a show it would air on tv unless you had a vhs recorder and recorded it uh you know and even if you did uh, unless you've transcribed your vhs recordings 
into digital format, they won't play now. I mean, they'll play, but really crappy, maybe, if you're lucky. Okay, hold on a second. I see I see a, a slew of Super Chats coming in, and I don't know. You didn't have one last night, but you have 12 in your nose right now. Son of a bitch. I was, I, as, son of a beasting. I thought I got so flustered when I thought I had a booger in my nose. It could be worse. You could be a former Aussie PM, Kevin Rudd, who got caught on camera eating his own earwax and still got elected PM. Funny story. Steve Britton, you reminded me about this. I was once playing with one of my earbuds by putting it in my mouth. Not all the way in, just like, you know, around as a, in deposition. I'm going to pretend I did it because I knew that it was distracting opposing counsel because I could see them looking at me. As I was, it was, it was not a dirt, like, it was a, a phone bud. And I was just like putting it, I wasn't chewing on it, just like, you know, around my, around, I was like, like rubbing it here. And the guy was looking at me like it was like I was eating my own feces. Eating earwax. I, I, I don't know who does it, but I, I, it's weird. I just, any business lawyer friends in Ohio, I'm a Canadian looking to invest in a small American tackle company. It's a bucket list thing. I don't know where Heart Tackle's located or if they're looking for investments, but um, I have no friends in Ohio. I have one friend, holy cows, that I met in Paris in 1999 to the year 2000. Never found him again. I, I really like the guy. I wonder if, he, if he's watching. A sugar booger, the lump in your sugar. Delicious. And free matter for the blind. Doesn't it seem like the left is embracing their role as bad guys? They're terrible. They, 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 they're terrible at memeing, which we're going to get to. But okay, back in the day, you'd have a television broadcast. If you were lucky enough to record it for whatever the reason, fine. You're that one guy out there with that VHS recording of the original broadcast. Broadcast companies can delete their broadcasts. They can delete their archives. Good luck ever finding something ever again. In as much as media now immediately goes to delete tweets, delete videos, censor it, remove links, it's so much harder now to be done. And people are still trying to do it, which leads me to believe there's nothing new under the sun. Who said it? The only history you don't know, the only thing that's new under the sun is the history that you don't know about. If they're doing it today, they've been always doing it. For as long as media has been around, memory holding, deleting, erasing publications, rewriting history. How much easier it was back in the day before you had the eternal scrutiny of the interwebs, uh, blockchain, I, don't, I still don't know what that means, um, and people with ar you know, archive websites, which they want to go after, how much easier it was to do it back in the day they can't find George Soros saying certain things must never have happened uh, when we know they've probably been memory holding things since the advent of any printing process. Process. Uh, CBS tried to do it. It's, it's mind-blowing. Listen to this. So you all saw the, the, maybe you didn't see the original tweet. What do we go with? We start with the original tweet? Let's start with the original tweet. No, the original video. This was the original video. In the past video. two months, we've moved weapons and equipment to Ukraine at record speed. Drones, grenade launchers, machine guns. We're seeing this incredible historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. There is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. You know, all this stuff goes through the border and they're kind of like something happens. It kind of like... It, 
30% maybe reaches its final destination. 30%? Are you concerned about weapons getting in the wrong hands? I don't care at all whether that happens. What sort of a unit do you command? Can't say. Okay. You know, okay. they're like power lords, uh, oligarchs, uh, political players. One of the biggest targets are convoys like this transporting weapons. Uh, do we watch? We'll watch the whole. We'll watch the whole. How much do we have left? Bear in mind, this isn't just uh, a promo. This is 90 seconds or 82 seconds. Uh, edited down from what has already been produced of the investigative journalism. They edited down to this 82 seconds of the most important critical details because they're the most important critical details. This is after everything has already been produced, presumably because they're running this as promotional material for the expose that's about to be released to the public, but is already finalized. They included these elements because they were the most important, the most devastating, and the most enraging. To believe that that project of integration had effectively meant the banishment of armed force. All of a sudden, not far from the borders of the EU, was the most significant war since World War II. The, the idea, the idea, people. Oh, sorry. The idea that when you hastily because let's let's just actually once we've moved weapons and equipment to ukraine at record speed there's an expression haste makes waste garbage in garbage out when you do something when you do anything at record speed when you do things at warp speed sometimes the end product is reflective of the haste and the warp speed through which that process through which that end was um achieved sometimes just Sometimes, sometimes when you do something too quickly, the end result uh, is, is, is full of problems, full of mistakes, full of um, unaccountable events, just sometimes. Does anyone think if this has happened now, even if it was only for the month of April, we'll get there. Does anyone think that if this happened now, it's never happened before? Or does everyone actually think that the reason why people knew it was going to be happening now, predicted it was going to be happening now, was because it systematically happened historically in the past. You can get into how weapons end up, uh, American provide, Amer what's the word I'm looking for? American, not financed when used, supplied. American Western supplied weapons ends up in the hands of guerrillas, uh, bad actors. How does it happen? Well, it happens all the time. In every, in every um, act of intervention to stabilize plant democracy elsewhere, it happens every time because it's inevitable. And the idea that it would happen this time or that it wouldn't happen this time, given the rapidity at which everyone was moving, record speed, tons of money, tons of arms. Oh, yeah. It, what did it cost? A billion dollars in Canada was set aside so they could set up a vaccine passport app. How do you think in a matter of months you ship out billions of dollars in money, aid, weapons, and you think that there won't be this problem? It's, the, the anomaly would be if it didn't happen again, not if it did happen again. 
So CBS News, CBS News runs this and highlights the most damning parts of this because it's shocking. Americans, the world should find it shocking because it's going to have national, international impact. And just, just so we're clear on the Do words. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. There is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. You know, all this stuff goes to the border, and then kind of like something happens, it kind of like you know, 30% maybe we just... All this stuff goes to the border. They're going to they're gonna wheeze... The fact checkers are going to wheeze a lot of words again. All this stuff, money, aid, weapons, goes to the border, maybe 30% of it reaches its final destination. Do you have any idea what's happening to all this stuff? Nobody knows. It's impossible to know. And to purport that you could possibly know would make you delusional or a liar. Okay, fine. So CBS publishes this video. The only reason I saved it was to share in our locals community, to show our locals community, whoa, Barnes has been saying this from the beginning. We have been discussing this from the beginning. 10% for the big guy uh, is, a, is a drop in the bucket for this. It's inevitable. This is the risk. Back in the day, back in the early days of COVID, Barnes and I were doing our streams. Barnes rightly pointed out these lockdown measures are idiotic. They're going to punish the most vulnerable. They're going to actually have counterproductive results because you keep kids home from school. Parents still need to work. What do you do? You force these kids to get babysat by the grandparents who are the most vulnerable. So your lockdowns are actually putting those who are most at risk in the situation where they are most at risk. From the beginning, from the beginning of this, Barnes said, this, is a pro this, this just happens every time. It's going to be no different this time. So I wanted to show our locals community, anyone who follows us at vivabarneslaw.locals.com, if you're part of the community, you've heard these bells being rung months ago. After they run this, after they run this, look at this shizzle. Shiat. Look at this shiat. I can say that. Shiat. Kids are listening. Look at this crap. We removed a tweet promoting our recent doc. By the way, you didn't just remove the tweet. You removed the video. We removed a tweet promoting our recent documentary, by the way, a doc called a documentary, Arming Ukraine, which quoted just, just a lowly nobody. The founder of nonprofit Blue Yellow, Jonas Oman's assessment in late April, that only around 30% of aid was reaching the front lines of Ukraine. I haven't seen the documentary yet, but from the post, from the video, this is a lie. Do we need to go play it again? I think we do. I think we do, because I think we're being lied to right now. Where did, where did the video? I think we're being lied to right now. I don't think they said, I don't think they said aid. Weapons, equipment. Weapons, equipment, drones, grenade launchers, machine guns. Weapons. The weapons, drones, machine guns, we don't know. All this stuff, all this stuff. Are, are they talking about aid? I th we'll find out. Doesn't sound like it from the context of this video. So uh, let's just go back to the tweet. 
because the tweet now sounds like it's a bit of a lie. A 30% of aid was reaching. The, that's not what the video said that was attached to your tweet. And the tweet itself explores how much of the billions of dollars of military aid. Oh, unless by the let me let me let me just they'll, they'll weasel out because those weapons are aid. So they're if they're referring to weaponry as aid, congratulations, you've bastardized the human language again. The human the English language again. If they're referring to weapons, rocket launchers, grenades, machine guns as aid, you're not a liar. When I hear aid, the word aid, I don't think weapons. I, I actually think food and actual aid, not aid and killing. But setting that aside, this sounds like it's misleading because aid colloquially, I, I don't think it typically uh, includes weapons, but maybe I'm just naive. We removed a tweet promoting our recent doc, Arming Ukraine, which quoted the founder of the nonprofit Blue Yellow, Jonas Oman's assessment in late April that only around 30% of aid was reaching the front lines in Ukraine from late April. Get ready for the semantics, people. Then you go down, you got a follow-up. Since that time, Oman says delivery has improved. Additionally, the U.S. military has confirmed that the defense attache brigadier General Garrick M. Harmon arrived in Kiev in August for arms control and monitoring. Oh, oh, that's a nice. April, May, June, July, August. So there was only four months in which only 30% of the weaponry being shipped to the Ukraine was reaching the final destination. Where was the other 70% going? No idea. But just appreciate, we're, oh, oh, what's this? We're updating our documentary to reflect this new information and air at a later date. This, people, is over the top. This is over... What did I just do here? This is over the top. Th there's that guy who put out the, the, the best meme ever. Let me, just, let me just get it so I can bring up... You all saw that video of, of Alex Jones uh, talking about, you know, uh, pedophilia ring and the Clintons and Epstein. And You mean that's what, like, what Epstein and the, the Clintons were doing? And then the guy who made the meme, like one of the best memes ever, uh, he's been doing a, a bunch of follow-ups. And when you see one of the follow-ups, you're going to know what I'm talking about. This, this series of tweets uh, reeks. I mean, it's almost, this, it's almost the real-life version of the satirical, uh, I have been told to correct my original post, which we're going to see in a second. I've got to get to it because it's, it's worth watching. Drew Hernandez. No, it's not that one. It's this one right here. Boom. Look at this, guys. Here. Drop from the screen. Share here. It's like... It, it's, it's this. Hello. Last night, I put out a video on Twitter that quickly went viral. And now I realize that it's my responsibility to make some things clear. The allegations made in the video about the Clintons participating in child trafficking with Jeffrey Epstein, who killed himself, are not true. The conspiracy theorist Alex Jones made those up. Spreading misinformation like this is very dangerous for our democracy. <laughs> Repeat the line. I promise to do better in the future, and I hope the Clintons can forgive me. So, hello. Last night. So I'm this guy, he, he, he makes the joke. He makes the joke 
But CBS's tweets are the actual embodiment of this joke. Let's bring back the tweets. Kids eat school paste. It's a food group. Only in Billy Madison and real life. That guy makes the joke. And CBS is the living version of it. What do they say? We, remo- we, we removed the tweet uh, because... Uh, we removed the tweet that wrongly suggested uh, Epstein was involved in stuff with the Clintons uh, that 30% of, of aid reaches its final destinations. Uh, since that time, Oman says delivery has improved. Additionally, the U.S. has confirmed. Uh, additionally, Joe Biden has made sure that we understand here at CBS that they've sent someone to resolve the problem that we just said doesn't exist. We are updating our documentary it is the it's the what's the word i'm looking for it's the live action it's the real version of the parody from that individual and i've got to get his name now because he's he's fantastic let me just so everybody knows i'm going to share his link so that everybody can go damon imani damon imani here go everyone don't think he needs my shouting out but go follow him on twitter They come back and say, we've deleted it. We've deleted it. We're sorry. Uh, We've been told why it was inaccurate. And it was irresponsible of us to publish the information that was given to us by the people who are the closest on the ground. And um, we'll correct our documentary before publishing. Oh, and by the way, Nothing in the subsequent tweets confirms the fact that the initial report was wrong. All that it says is, that was from April. We're told it's better now, so we're going to go and... Are, are, are we okay, Biden? You're not going to sick some of those 87,000 new IRS agents on us? It, they, they don't say it was wrong. What they said is, we, we originally said only 30% of the aid, however they mean that, reaches its, its end destination. It wasn't wrong. We're just told now it got better. And uh, the military confirmed they sent someone there in August, which is now, (laughs) which is uh, one week ago, and uh, to control it and monitor it because it was actually true and it was actually a problem back in April, but it's not a problem anymore. And uh, we will uh, be sure to update our documentary accordingly. And if nobody had recorded, first of all, many people probably never even saw the video because in all of their honesty here, they, they don't play the video. They just show a screen grab which does not allow you to see the video. And they'll try to scrub that video from the internet. And uh, anybody who says it ever existed will be the crazy person. (sighs) I'm curious to know, Corn Pop has got to be a funny person in real life. Being as generous as possible, stipulating that all weapons are aid is clearly different from stating that all aid is weapon. Being as generous as possible, stipulating that all weapons are aid is clearly different from stating all aid is weapons. Fact check false. <laughs> okay, I'm going to digest this one slowly. Um, they scrubbed it from the interwebs. And but for the fact that I accidentally, you know, saw it, screen grabbed it just so I could show to our community that you're in good hands, I wouldn't have known. And those that don't read the newspapers are ill-informed. Those that do are misinformed. Often attributed to uh, training day. Denzel Washington, I believe, originally Mark Twain. 
Although I suspect even, well, Mark Twain, that has a date from which it could not have existed prior to because media as an entity probably never existed until relatively recently. And yeah, so that's it. CBS, uh, pathological liars, propagandists, purveyors of misinformation, uh, bending the knee quite clearly to some backlash that they got and people calling CBS Russian propaganda now. It's like this Russian crap has achieved, it's attained epic levels idiocy. The second you say something that people disagree with, you're an anti-Semite, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, you're a bigot, you're a Russian propagandist. CBS News actually being accused of Russian propaganda for that piece. Oh, and by the way, uh, Daman Imani did some other more hilarious follow-ups to this one. Oh, let's, do we go see it? There was one where he had a black eye and it was, it was quite funny. Dude, the dude's funny. Do I follow him? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. Anyway, that was it. Um, so that's it. CBS, liars, purveyors of disinformation, and worse yet, propagandists who will memory hole probably the only honest bit of journalism they ever did, but they correct it in such a way that it's not an overt lie. It's just uh, deceitful misleading because they call it aid. We don't know what they mean by that. They don't say it was false because that probably would make them liars because it was true in April. They're just now saying it was true in April. The situation has gotten better. Don't worry, people. Don't worry about the billions of weapons, billions in weapons being funneled. Lord knows where. Lord knows who's getting it. It's better now because as of August, the president has sent someone down. Didn't think about sending them down right from the get-go. Who, who would have thunk to monitor from the beginning? You, you don't just go audit after the money has been siphoned off because you can then identify the problem, but you can't solve it because it's done. Who would have thunk? Send someone down while you're doing this as opposed to sending someone down after an expose piece has been uh, produced by none other than CBS News. Okay, done. Liars. End of story. Uh, let's go fishing, Viva. You know what? I haven't... People think I've, you know, this was a, a vacation to move down to Florida, other than being incredibly tedious, incredibly stressful to actually relocate and restart. I haven't fished in, I haven't fished in, in, in well, I was in Texas for two weeks, but I haven't fished. I'm going to try, I have to go for a jog before I can go fishing. And then I'm going to go fishing tonight. Just, just want to catch one small bass. <sighs> Weapons. I feel like you should pronounce it as weapons. I think I should. Who? What? When? Oh, yeah, here you go. Why? Who, what, who? Yeah, whatever. You, you, you know the thing. The thing with the thing. And hold on. Yeah. Oh, boy. I am Lord Winston. Back for some more. Hello, people. The internet is a wonderful place. I enjoy listening to Master Viva talk while I sleep on the floor. Good night. He still smells good. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I think we still got some more on the menu here. Holy crab apples, an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to see this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. The, the, the political left 
So I, I will not say left or right. I'm just going to say those with a sense of humor can meme. And those who cannot meme lack a sense of lack a sense of humor. The, the thing is this, in order to have a sense of humor, you have to have a sense of humility and you have to be, uh, you have to have a certain humbleness in that you recognize that you can be made fun of. If you do not have the ability to not take yourself seriously, if you do tend to think you're the mightiest, haughtiest, most virtuous person on earth and you should always be taken seriously, uh, you will not have a sense of humor susceptible of generating funny memes. The funniest comedians are self-deprecating. They can see the stupidity in themselves and they can make light of themselves and therefore they can also see the humor in the world. Those who can't screw up at every attempt to do it. They have actually, they being, who, who was it? It's the press secretary. It's, I, I like, I'm not picking on individual libs here. It's the guy, oh, I'm not gonna, it's the, hold on, this is not the right one. Let me get that out of here. It's the, the press secretary, like co-president, El Presidente. <sighs> Up the wrong window. Producer, you need a producer. Okay, hold on. Cell phones, that's it. Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Andrew Bates. Andrew Bates. By the way, in, in um, his name is Bates. <laughs> is this it? This is it. Andrew Bates. If he were a lawyer in Quebec, he would be known as maître or master because lawyers are the masters of their files. So Master Bates under, <laughs> under Quebec law, um, White House Deputy Press Secretary, Winston-Salem native, and NC State Wolfpack alum. Okay, good. Uh, he's an official, like, he's a, he's a White House representative. Dark Brandon is crushing it. Your malarkey has been going on for long enough, kiddo. This is so unfunny. Th everything is wrong about this. Every... Everything is wrong about it. They think they're owning the Brandon. They think they're owning the Brandon, which itself was born out of their own inability to deal with heckling. How far back do we have to go here? Let's go Brandon became a thing because at a race car where Brandon NASCAR thing, the Brandon, the winner, whoever won the race was talking about having won his race. He was being interviewed. And the crowd in the back was saying F Joe Biden. And the reporter in an attempt to pretend that the emperor was still clothed, says, oh, you can hear the crowd chanting, let's go, Brandon. And it became a meme because of the unwillingness to admit the heckling, the, the sheer uh, contempt that the media has for Biden supporters who will apparently like willingly swallow this lie. Oh yeah, they weren't saying let's go... Like, they treat them like idiots. Like, anybody watching it's going to say, oh, yeah, they weren't saying F Joe Biden. They were saying, let's go, Brandon. It became a meme. And now this guy, Andrew Bates, thinks they're owning the right who made a meme out of let's go, Brandon, LGB. Uh, I did a good uh, acoustic version of that once upon a time. I'll play that in a second. They think they're reclaiming the meme by turning Brand B Biden into dark Brandon. 
Thus reminding everyone that the only reason the term Brandon exists is because a crowd at NASCAR was saying F Joe Biden and the liars that the media are couldn't handle it. So they said, let's go, Brandon. They think by reminding us of the utter failure of this president and the uh, idiocy of a media that's trying to protect him, they're going to own that. They're going to own that. And then this is what he means. Your malarkey has been going on for long enough kiddo. The glowing eyes, satanic, demonic face might work for Bitcoin. And I still don't understand it for Bitcoin, but it's at least it's white eyes and not red Satan eyes. Y you know, this is going to get messed around with. And it is. Here's another thing Brandon once said, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. By the way, don't trust me. Don't trust me. Join forces with the Daily Wire. Why am I getting? Why am I? I have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Racism. Can you believe this? Uh, George Soros, a Jew, talking about criminals. You must be talking about brown and black people. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so he said it. And Dark Brandon is, oh, it's crushing it. It's crushing it, Andrew. I mean, it's, it's inconceivable that we live in such a world of, of such absolute stupidity. How many Democrats does it take to solve a problem? No one knows. It's never happened before. I'll say that that's probably true of all governments. Can't think of very many things that the government has made easier for regular people. Conservative or liberal. Uh, all right. So uh, that and what the hell? Dark Brandon. I mean, I, I, it needs to be turned into uh, a dark Trudeau uh, for obvious reasons. Dark Brandon, know your meme. Let's see this. People need this. If you're not familiar with like pop culture, there's just, there's things that explain memes to you. Or if you have kids, you know, just ask them what's going on on the TikToks. Dark Brandon or hashtag dark Brandon refers to a series of memes depicting a darker, edgier Joe Biden. Oh yeah. A darker, edgier Joe Biden, not a senile buffoon, a darker, edgier Joe Biden. So when he has his gaffes, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. That's him being edgy. It's not him being racist. The memes appropriate dark MAGA imagery, originally used by right-wing protesters to depict Donald Trump, as well as let's go Brandon catphrase used by conservatives to mock Biden and the media. The trend started in early 2022 on Twitter and its original usage, dark Brandon was highly ironic. Uh, no, it was highly moronic. It's moronic. And Andrew Bates it's moronic. I won't say you're a moron. I don't know you well enough. If I get to know you and think that you're actually a moron, I'll be, I'll, I'll say it. With the memes mostly joking about Biden's perceived, perceived senility, we're beyond the point of perceived senility. Whoever you are, fact checker. Oh, there's a good one. There's a good one. That's what you want. That's your president right there. You want to see your president. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. And inability to act in the forceful, dramatic ways depicted in dark branded. He is incapable. It's not perceived senility. It's objective, abject, and actually kind of uncomfortable at this point. 
As the meme trend evolved through August 22, however, it increasingly expressed an unironic appreciation of Joe Biden and the accomplishments of his administration. Holy sweet, merciful crap. The memes often feature deep fried imagery and laser eyebrows, eyebrows, eyeballs borrowed from dark MAGA, as well as many Biden's most meme worthy catchphrases such as malarkey and listen here, Jack. How about <laughs> many of the original dark branded images macros were created by Chinese, a Chinese Weibo artist. Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> is a Chinese entity is making pro Biden meme imagery. If there were a, Ru a Russian entity making pro-Trump memery, would we not be uh, summoning people for investigation? They were labeled as propaganda. However, this claim is currently unfounded. Wow, this sounds like a George Soros-funded fact check. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't think we care about it. Yada, yada, yada. Wow, they really put some homework into this propaganda. Uh, okay. Uh, if anybody wants to go watch this crap here, I'm just going to close it up. Uh, preposterous. <laughs> okay, so that's the dark brand. Uh, you have to have a sense of humor to be funny. And uh, you have to not take yourself or life too seriously in order to have a sense of humor. The more virtuous and the more righteous you think you are, I've noticed a direct correlation. More virtuous, more righteous you think you are, the less funny you become in life. Directly cross paths. Okay, what do we got here? Quartering. The quartering had one where Brandon went after an ice cream truck. It was fact-checked, LOL. And of course, the one with the dubious eagle. Oh, uh, you know, this is a perfect, perfect segue uh, into making sure that you don't recirculate potentially false or in fact false information just because it sounds too good at the time you see it. There was a video going around. There was a video going around um, purporting to be an Australian individual who chased down a doctor who had administered a vaccine to his family with nefarious consequences. You know, it's, 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 it's a video with minimal context in the video. And the only context you get is the video, uh, sorry, is the uh, description that comes with the tweet. And, um, and that you know, people people already believe certain things for right or for wrong. And I say this without judgment. When you already believe something and you see evidence that supports what you already believe, uh, sometimes, and it's happened to me a few times, uh, critical, not to say critical thinking, but you don't even think you need to fact check it because it's confirming something you already believe. What you believe may be true, but that which you see, which confirms what you already believe uh, may be false. So this is it. Man tracks down the doctor that gave one of his family members the, the, the Fauci juice and then died after taking it. And this is the video. First of all, the guy's striking Australian. He's actually striking a, a car with a boomerang. But you catching this? Yeah. Very fit. Guy's in very good shape. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiots. You fucking idiots got the vaccine, didn't bother you. You fucking both got the fucking vaccine and it's lost a lot. Leave me alone. Uh the guy's got he's got a very good physique. He's got very 
no love handles, which I'm is, is whatever. Um, so it's un, it's unclear. He said something about the Fauci juice, and it took a life, cost a life. Unclear what's going on here, and uh, people share it, and people believe it because you know, it, by and large, it's the type of story people want to believe. Uh, and I read it. There was an article. It, it said it was a road rage incident and did not confirm the context that's purported context given here. And I just say you got it. You got to stop, take a deep breath, and try to independently corroborate or verify. This clip needs context. Context, independent corroboration in order to know what is going on. Other than the word the V, there's nothing in this video that can confirm the context given to it in the tweet. Nothing coming up in search. This was before I found an article. Which here. Check it out. Let's see if I can find this. Road Rage Australia. News.com.au. Here we go. And this is, the, this is what we know of the context. This is from shirtless man breaks car window, berates driver over vaccines and scary road rage incident. Footage has emerged of a bizarre road rage incident and it was a shirtless man smashes with a boomerang, people. I mean, that's like, if this were Canada, that would be like someone taking a maple syrup bottle and smashing a window with it. Uh, the ordeal was captured. It begins with a shirtless, and they describe what happens, but nobody really knows if the context of this guy found the dog. Nobody knows. You broke the effing boomerang events. You catching this? Yada yada yada. Uh, the the funny thing uh, that occurred after this, by the way, from my own perspective, was um, I tweeted that, and then someone on the Twitterverse, a troll says, ooh, it needs more context, and you still tweeted it. And I'm like, yeah, with that, with that caveat, where you realize when you're dealing with bad faith actors uh, in the trolley sense, whatever you do will be wrong. Wrongly retweet it, you get accused of spreading misinformation. Uh, retweet it with that caveat, you're still giving them a platform, you still shared it. Don't retweet it with that caveat, why don't you ever call out right-wing misinformation? That's when you know you're dealing with bad faith players. They're still entitled to express they're still entitled to express themselves. They will just not get a response from me any longer. Unless I find it useful to use their response to address a broader audience through my response. Um, so that, I, that story, in as much as you know it will confirm what people want to believe, uh, unclear that the context is the context that was given to it and people have to be careful before retweeting okay with that said i'm going to go to the rumble france there aren't hmm. uh all right let's go down here and <laughs> i agree I agree, Viva. It's best to side with as on caution as better to stick. No, no doubt. And then, and then you will, you will, you will find the accounts that are too quick to share a story that turns out to be wrong. I, I, I remember one, uh, you know, once you get burnt once, you're always uh, very skeptical with that particular account. I remember during the Ottawa protest, uh, it was a Fox news reporter who said that the woman that got trampled by the horse had passed away. And I retweeted and I said, if this is true, you know, uh, it's going to, it's horrendous. Turned out not to be true. And so I immediately, as soon as I uh, discover that, retweet the original. Don't delete it. Retweet my original retweet and say, thank goodness for the woman 
she did not get stomped to death by the horse. Thank goodness for Trudeau. Yeah. It's it's terrible. It, from a cynical, uh, you know, if it had happened, it would have been, it it would have been the end of Trudeau. And there are some sick people out there who would say, it, you know, the ends justify the means. It would have been worth taking out Trudeau to have it happen. Trudeau was lucky that that woman didn't die. And that's it. I'm reading the chat here. It says, boomerang assaults doctor in car. What was fascinating also is when he, when he punched the window, nothing happened. Then he slapped the window and he had that ring on. And then the, the tempered glass of the window just shattered into a thousand pieces. Okay, let's see what we got here. In the chat. Okay, so that was it. On that note, um, what else was it that I had? We removed a tweet. Okay, so we, we talked about the CBS. Never let them forget, people. Never let them forget. Liars. They prey on the ignorance of their viewers. They prey on the short memory span of the interwebs. Uh, we got to this. I gotta go. I gotta go. That was that was Beto or that was Beto or Ruka, not Pete Buttigieg. I'll have to go correct that tweet as a matter of fact. And then what else we got? We got what we got one more because I want people to remember this if they don't already know. What, what's amazing is there's a lot of new people to the channel. Hold on, this is my meme. I'm not. I'm not the best at memeing, not because I'm not funny, but because I don't have. Uh, I don't feel comfortable being as sassy in real life as I, I know the rude, absolutely edgy jokes to make under any circumstance. Jokes are just a matter of context. I just don't feel comfortable making the really edgy ones. This is as good as I could do. Hey, here's Dark Brandon. I said Dark Brandon is white supremacy because the idea that you're going to now... I'm not even sure that that's particularly good, but whatever. I got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach into the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and watch the hair come back up again. This is an actual quote from Dark Brandon. I got hairy legs that turned blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and watch the hair come back up again. What's so shockingly bizarre about this, not that it happened, but that it's an indelible memory in Joe Biden's brain. Memories are an amazing thing. Sometimes you have the most random memory. You don't know why you have it, but I do think it nonetheless is, a, is a, a, an indication of deep-rooted psychology of the individual. That that happened is one thing. That it was an indelible memory that at the age of 77, whenever he said that, it was during the election cycle, that comes up as a memory from his youth or his younger years. That's weird. That he thought it was appropriate to say it in public is the weirdest. But the fact that that was an indelible memory in his psyche, that 50 years later, that's a memory that he has in his head, I find that a little weird. By way of comparison, and you can find this one weird as well. One of my earliest memories, I was walking to the car with my father from our house and there was like a little black and red flying beetle type insect on the ground. And I saw my dad was about to step on it and he was walking towards it. And I knew I should have told him, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to embarrass him. And then I saw him step on it, squish the bug. He never even noticed. And I felt terrible that I didn't tell him, dad, you're about to step on a bug. 
And in retrospect, I don't know why I felt embarrassed to tell my dad, you're about to step on a bug, but I felt ashamed that I didn't after he stepped on it and I felt guilty for the bug. Let that say whatever you think it says about my deep-rooted psychology. I know it says something. But the fact that Joe Biden, 50 years later, remembers his leg hair and children petting it in the pool, that also says something deep-rooted about his core memory psychology. Um, still to this day, why didn't I just say, Dad, you're about to step on a bug? Another one, totally random. I was like eight or 10 years old. My aunt was in from California. They were leaving at 4.30 in the morning to catch their flight. I woke up and I was afraid to go downstairs and say goodbye to them because I didn't want to get in trouble. I suspect it's deep-rooted neuroses and an irrational fear of death. <laughs> so uh, I, I can, I can, I'm sensitive to people's core, you know, the, I'm sensitive to people's deep-rooted psychology but I'm also very uh, attuned to it. He remembers children petting down his leg hair in the pool. That's weird. All right, and what else? This, because not everyone is uh, a veteran to the interwebs, people. Not everyone is a veteran to the interwebs and not everybody has been following stuff for as long as I have. And what I take for granted, everybody has heard me say 10 times, maybe they haven't. I'm saying it one more time. Jugmeet Singh, people, the leader of the NDP of Canada. We've seen a rise in hate crimes over the last two years. Mm. No one should have to fear for their life because of their religion, sexual orientation, or race. Um, I'll just, I'm going to go one step further. No one should have to fear for their life, Jugmeet. Fearing for your life when it's just regular crime in my mind, is not any different than fearing for your life for any of the aforementioned reasons. But I agree with you. No one should have to fear for their life. I don't know that there's been a rise in hate crimes over the last two years. I know that there's been a rise in hate in Canada over the last two years. And spoiler alert, Jugmeet, you and your mentor, Justin Trudeau, are the purveyors of that hate. Hate left unchallenged spreads like wildfire. I agree, Jugmeet. That might be why there were 65, 70 churches burnt in Canada last summer. Uh, when you're locking up pastors and spewing hate from your mouth and from Justin Trudeau's mouth, it might be the political permission slip that other people need, other bad actors need to feel morally and politically justified to go burn churches and assault people who they disagree with, maybe. Which is why we must confront it now, prevent it, and give it no space to grow. Oh, Jagmeet. You, you are, you're not the hero we need, nor are you the hero we deserve. <laughs> Let me see this. Oh, shut up. You know what I love, by the way? Look at this. His tweet has got, let me just refresh. His tweet has 40 retweets, 40 retweets and 25 quoted tweets. I think my response is going to have roughly that amount. And for, oh, there are 32 retweets. And yet it's not the first response to that. Here's, here's Jugmeet, in his own words, spreading the hate that he condemns. Yes, I do think that there is uh, an ex connection with people who, who aren't wearing a mask or who aren't following public health guidance and the extreme right and the idea that folks in the extreme right don't care about people around them, uh, aren't concerned about the safety and well-being of people generally, their neighbors. And he actually said this. This is not a deep fake. 
This is not, he said this in a CPAC interview. And an extreme right, that kind of ideology is connected with not really caring about the people oh, yeah. around you. Selfish. Um, it's uh, They're racist. a selfishness. They're where xenophobe. Personal interest takes over from a community protection and interest. And, and we're seeing, you know, that is a trend with the extreme right. Extreme. Not caring about people around you, not, not, not wanting to not invest, invest in, in social, social programs, programs, not wanting to invest in in things that support all of us as a community and and the idea of not following oh. public health guidelines and not wanting to do their part to stop the spread of an infection is very much in line with this mm. extreme right-wing ideology of not caring about people and not supporting the people around you and and it is dangerous and it's hurtful dangerous it's it's dangerous and it's hurtful uh hold on uh trudeau Prennent de la place. Ils prennent de la place. Uh, where is Justin Trudeau spewing the hate? I don't even want to hear it. I don't. Uh, no, I have to hear it. Uh, unvaccinated take up space. Mm. I'm not going to find it right now. Forget it. Um. I, 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 I have the utmost disdain for Jugmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau. It's, they fight like they're at war because they are. We react like it's a misunderstanding because we don't understand what war really is. Oh, he's so morally superior. Uh, that's it, people. <laughs> the, Justin Trudeau, for those of you who don't know, gave an interview in French and he says... Uh, the unvaccinated, the conspiracy theorists, they take up place. Ils prennent la place. Um, uh, we're, we're not going to do the Petito. I'll talk about Petito on Sunday because I've got legal questions as to the... Petito's suing for $50 million. Uh, Utah. Maybe I'll do a standalone or talk about it tomorrow. Uh, that is it, people. That is what we have for the day. Uh, Jagmeet Singh is a raging hypocrite. Spews hatred, intolerance bigotry, ideological intolerance, uh, is supporting Justin Trudeau, who spews hatred, bigotry, ideological intolerance, who is guilty of all of the discrimination, misogyny uh, that he accuses others of. Uh, the left, political left, Joe Biden can't seem to meme. Uh, they, may, they, they, they meme in a way that the right would meme to mock. And they think it's an own to actually do the mocking for the other side of the political aisle. CBS are liars. Uh, try to memory hold the truth. If you follow this and continue to watch, uh, uh, we will continue to be the watchdog of the lies and the dishonesty. And uh, that's it. What was I going to say? Let's do, let's do some... Oh, hold on. I got some super chats that I didn't get up. Any business... Oh, I sorry. I saw that one. Please, please, no more booger talk. Never again. Now that I know that it was a troll. Check out the United Spot on YouTube. Super funny, United Spot. It will do. Um, I, I, the, I, it's, uh, I don't know if this is sarcasm or not. Lies are on this channel. Oh, I'm not entertaining truly disingenuous discourse. I'm sorry. I've got to do it for my own sanity. I am always open to being called out and corrected. Uh, Viva, where do we send you links to? Do you accept DMs on Twitter? I don't accept DMs on Twitter that I know of. 
because that's just a disaster waiting to happen. I check my notification, like when I get tagged on Twitter. So that might be the easiest way or just hoping it, you know, I have my David, uh, my David at vivafry.com email is no longer working. Uh, so I'm going to have to create a new one. Please get James top. I can do it. I'll get James top on. I'll get him on this week. I'll, t- I'll text his team. James top is the guy who marched across Canada. Uh, okay, people go. I'm going to go run with the kid who's going to go biking and we're going to get some exercise. Uh, I intended to do it earlier, but things that I'm learning about Florida, you have different vermin around the house. We had to have a pest control individual come in to spray the perimeter because apparently we have ants. And when you have ants with filthy kids who take food and leave it under beds, for example, and then you see literally a trail of ants from a window to under the bed. So we had to have another round of um, spray today to get rid of that. Where do I buy merchandise? What? Why, thank you for asking. At vivafry.com. Uh, vivafry.com. If you want to support, vivabarnslaw.locals.com. There's lots of uh, content that's not just for paying supporters. Just We have a massive community there. Uh, there are perks and exclusives, exclusives for paying supporters just so that we can actually give people a little extra bang for the buck for, for the support. I appreciate all support. The best support, share. Uh, share, snip it, clip it, share on social media. Where's Winnie? Hold on. Let's get, let's get pudgy. Let's get pudgy in here. Give me one second. Oh, oh God. Hey, Pudge. Yes, people. <clears throat> Proof of life of Pudge. How you doing? <laughs> Pudge, by the way, for anybody who has been around the channel for long enough, has lost a lot of weight. Look at this. You can almost see her rib cage once again. She's uh, been doing good. And so, oh, there you go. Out of here. So I'm going to go squeeze some pee out of Pudge. I may have gotten... A little dribble on my hand. Bug. Ordinarily, I'd put the bugs out of the house, but an infiltration is a bigger problem that has to be dealt with. That is it. Pudge is alive. She's doing well. She seems to be getting younger by the day. So um, that's it. People. Viva, do you ever review this chat afterwards? I send you some interesting things other people do. I don't review the chat afterwards typically. Um. But I do go back and read comments when the stream is over and people comment. So actually, the comment section is probably the best way to get a message to me. Uh, Dude, I was eating bugs before it was cool to eat bugs. And just to prove it, just to prove it, we're going to go here. Am I sharing the screen yet? I am. Okay, check this out. You all fit. Viva Fry. Nope. Come here. Viva Fry. Uh, crickets? I, I can't write. Oh, here we go. We just ate real crickets. I got this at a store in Montreal, and they were delicious. Right now, at Tire I Kingdom, was eating bugs before it was WEF cool to eat bugs. At Tire Kingdom. Here you go. Jiminy Cricket. Wow, it's so great. Yeah, look. That's the thorax and the leg. Ugh, I just got some in my arm. Wait until you see my face, people. No. Wait until... Ugh. 
Okay, people, which way is better? <laughs> okay, that has to be a troll. Um, many food dyes are made with GMO cockroaches. Uh, by the way, which way do I do it better? Short hair or long hair? I trimmed my beard yesterday. Uh, you can go watch the video of me eating crickets. If you need a tech SME, you can hit me up on Locals. Screen grab. I don't even know what a tech SME is. I will not eat a slimy earthworm unless they're deep fried and then even maybe then not. I, I used to watch Andrew Zimmer Bizarre Foods. I loved it. And he ate these worms that came out of a log in Hawaii. Long hair. Good. Good. And uh, when I go jogging, I get the samurai ponytail up. So I feel like a badass with my hair blowing in the wind. Okay. I better go now. Otherwise, my wife is going to kill me if I don't get the jogging before dinner. Everybody, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for everything, the support. Snip, clip, share away, and uh, probably see you tomorrow because the world is going to generate that which needs to be commented on, documented, and analyzed. So enjoy the night. See you tomorrow, peeps. Peace out.